Welcome to More Than a Muse. I'm Stani. I'm Sadie, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I have the pleasure of covering a, I think more recently, this artist has been getting her flowers and getting what she deserves mm-hmm. as far as recognition, but maybe didn't for a long time. So I'm excited. And if you're new here, every week we talk about forgotten women artists from the past. Also just talk about, I don't know, general topics regarding women in the arts and history, how they intersect in pop culture. We love it. So it's fun. We do. We really love it. It is. It's a great time. We enjoy ourselves immensely. And one of my favorite things is that like, it's so... We get to switch it up all the time. Like I talked about mm-hmm. Phyllis Wheatley, who was like the first African-American poet ever in the yeah. United States before they mm-hmm. were even united to publish poetry. True. And then now we're talking about someone who literally performed at the Grammys I a couple weeks ago. So it's mm-hmm. like, this is fun. Like the difference in topics and everything, keeping it fresh and connecting all of the dots. But always about women and always about the arts in some way or another. So, yep. Before we dive into the episode, of course, and Tracy Chapman's story, I guess I always like, I feel like I tease the person. Of, I know, this is the like person, but the I title. never say the name as if, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't click on the episode knowing exactly who mm-hmm. we're talking about. Talking about Tracy Chapman today, telling her story and talking about her more recent, I don't know, not rise, but her resurface <laughs> and where that came from. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, But before that, anything we need to discuss? I was trying to think. The Super Bowl just happened for us, but obviously that's going everywhere. So yes, it still feels relevant because we're recording the week after. But But by then, probably not. Anyway, we'll just say love Taylor and Travis so much. And (gasps) yeah, we're fans on this podcast. Yeah. they're so cute. It just yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it makes me happy. I feel like this is the happiest she's been in a long time. So mm-hmm. but, I'm here for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you me make too. any art this week that you're excited about? Oh no, it was a very <laughs> slow week. Oh, but I have been enjoying some art. Um, okay. Beyonce dropped <gasps> new songs at the Super I'm- Bowl. Thank you for bringing that up. If we did not mention Beyonce's new music, we would have failed. I love it. Yeah. That was, first off, threw me off, even though it was just funny because the commercial and then she's, I think they're ready for it, dropped the new album. And I literally Google searched right after we saw it, new music by Beyonce, question mark, and nothing came up. So I didn't find out about it until four hours later. When I opened Instagram and then saw the announcement from Beyonce. And I was like, oh my gosh, she actually did drop new music. And it's country. So Yeah. Country music. I'm here for it. I loved the song Texas Hold'em and 16 Carriages. They're both so good. I loved them both. I think it's fun. And I feel like it's a pretty natural transition from Renaissance for her to go more country sound. And she's from Texas, right? (laughs) So she is a... Yeah, I feel like she has every right then to do country music. It's not like a fake yeah. thing she's doing. She's a country girl. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. I think it'll be fun. And then I guess like she'll totally be included in the CMAs next year. Well, so maybe she's okay. sick and tired of the Grammys. <laughs> True. She's already won enough. <laughs> but that's actually something that I'm seeing a lot of is people online talking about the fact that Beyonce isn't maybe – still going to get the recognition as a country artist. For example, people have been emailing into local country stations and being like, oh, can you play the new Beyonce song? And they're saying, this is a country station. We don't play Beyonce. So it's almost like it's a country song. It's a country song, but it's interesting how like certain pillars in country music don't like artists coming in and saying, oh, I want to do this genre. Which is interesting because you would think that if you want the genre to catch on and like more people to buy into it, that you would be super excited if the world's biggest superstar was going to say, hey, I want to do country. You'd be like, yes, come in. We'll play you. We're going to bring all your listeners and then we're going to show you what else our genre can give you. So I feel like it could only help because then if she does like a full country tour, she's bringing country music artists. Theoretically. Yeah, you'd think country is weird for me. Like, I feel like that's such an interesting genre. The more we talk about it, the more I'm like, huh. I feel like it's like the establishment of country music is really interesting. Yeah. 
and it's intriguing to me. They're very sacred with the system and like now being in Nashville as I'm not necessarily a country songwriter. I'm definitely like a pop songwriter here in Nashville, but yeah, you just kind of hear things and hear people talking and it's, it's very much like a, I don't know, there's like hierarchies here and it's interesting. That's super interesting. One thing that I did say that was really funny is that people on Twitter were like making their Twitter accounts look like middle-aged women from the South and Mm -hmm. then like tweeting radio stations being like, I want to hear that new Beyonce song and under the idea, maybe if it looks like their usual demographic is requesting it, maybe then they'll play the Beyonce song. That is such an I feel like that actually could work. I know. It probably could. Yeah. That's so weird because I feel like Texas Hold'em would be perfect for a country line dance. Right? It's so good. I know. I'm like, mm-hmm. it totally is the kind of like line dance song that I could see catching on and being a I've thing. been so repeating that line. This ain't Texas. Whoa. Mm-hmm. This ain't Hold'em. Like, it's not <laughs> yeah. over and over in my head. It's so good. Another person that has released music is Casey Musgraves. Yes. Did you listen to Deeper Well? Yes, and I love it so much. The first line, though, I will say is my favorite. My Saturn has returned. When I turned 27, everything started to change. Oh, As someone who is turning 27 this year, that hit. Yes. So it's beautiful. And I will say, I think she's probably the one I'm most excited for the actual album. album. Yeah. Because. She posted those pictures and the design. It's so good. It is so good. I, My jaw literally dropped. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful. So, yeah. Plus, everything she's posted, like the merch and everything, it feels very, like, natural and almost, like, Celtic. And it's yeah. just gorgeous. I so. absolutely love it. I'm a big Casey fan and I've just, I've seen so many people pointing out like how many people are dropping albums where it's like Taylor, Beyonce, Casey, Ariana. There's so many people who are doing music this spring. Lana Del Rey said that she was doing a country album that would become, I heard like some rumors, but then apparently she's announced a couple of albums before that have never come out. So the news article I was reading was like, (laughs) we don't know. Like it could be coming out, could not be. Who knows? Who knows? I was like, yes. oh, love Lana. <laughs> yeah. but that is so we might she be did a country, country album. Lana. Listen, I now again, I'm in Nashville now. So now I do feel a little bit of a loyalty to country music. I did not feel before. So if country music mm-hmm. is having its moment, good for country music. I feel like it could like I'm ready for some yeah. country with more women. Like Especially with Casey. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Kelsey Ballerini is amazing. So yes. maybe yeah. the new Kelsey I'm music okay this year too. Twenty twenty four is it already shaping up to be a good year? In music. I know. I'm like, okay, every artist I listen to, go ahead and release. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you albums. for this. Maisie Peters is on tour right now with Paris Paloma, oh. the one who sings Labor. Yes, isn't that I like haven't... the perfect duo? Yes, I listened to that song on my drive home from work today. That song is amazing. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gotten old to me. It's so one of good. my top. I know. Play, like, I love on the top it. The of my lyrics are so clever. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. and her and Maisie together. And then Olivia Rodrigo one. and Chapel Roan. I'm like, how am I going to manage to go to everything? But I True. can't. So we'll I am seeing enjoy it. Olivia Rodrigo, March 9th. And jealous. Chapel Roan is opening and how excited she's opening. I was trying I so hard her. to find tickets to one of those shows because I was like, oh my gosh. But they're not playing together in Utah. Any city close to you. Oh, the yeah. closest one is Arizona. Mm. But the tickets have been sold out since it like since launched. And it would be yep. such a like endeavor to try and accomplish that. And I'm just like, oh, those are the two that I want to see together. <laughs> yeah. It's, but I'm so excited. Yeah. <sighs> I'm really jealous of that one. Yes. Sorry to rub it in. But it's okay. I'm happy that you get to see it. Yeah. I guess it's very fitting that we are starting this episode by talking about musicians. Yes. Because Tracy Chapman, of course, mm-hmm. is a musician. So I'll just dive on into her life if we're good. I would say Tracy Chapman, she keeps a pretty low profile. And so there's not going to be like – there wasn't a ton and ton of research. It was, again, where it's like I could provide you all a thesis after analyzing <laughs> all of her interviews ever. But 
we are just here to be the diving board into enjoying their art. And as I was doing my research, I listened to her first album. It was great. Of course, it was great. She's great. <laughs> but anyways, Tracy Chapman is an American singer-songwriter that is most wildly known for her song, Fast Car, and Give Me One Reason. She's had a lot of other hits, but for her early life. So she was born March 30th of 1964 and was born in Cleveland, Ohio. She was raised by her mother, who actually bought her a ukulele at age three, and that's when she got her start of music. At three, she's strumming that's a little young. ukulele. Yeah, Wow. I know. Her parents divorced when she was four, and then she began playing guitar and writing songs at just age eight, which is really young to be writing and learning. What I thought was cute is that she says that something that may have first inspired her to play guitar is there was a television show called Hee Haw that was like a variety country show. Mm -hmm. And something too is like she was in Cleveland and growing up, she did experience a lot of bullying and some that were racially motivated assaults and bullying as a child, which is of course very sad. She was raised as a Baptist, attended a school high school and was accepted into this program called A Better Chance and it sponsored students at a college prep high school away from their home communities. So that's where she went. And then she graduated at Worcester School in Connecticut and then attended Tufts University, where she actually majored in anthropology. And then while she was there, she actually started busking at nearby spa spots, okay. including Harvard Square mm -hmm. and just different like train platforms. And while she was in college is when she recorded demos for songs for the local university radio station. And something this is like what she would do is that like recorded them there in exchange for the station to play her songs. So did a favor for people. She would like record on the university with the radio station while she was a student and then they would play her music. How she got discovered. So she made her major stage debut as an opening act for a woman musician named Linda Tillery, which again, I love learning about women because I always learn about more women artists when I'm learning yes. about people. So I had never heard of Linda Tillery. Maybe that's a crime on my part, but I made a note. So future episode coming soon. And I feel like that's mm -hmm. something I say in our episodes all of the time because I'm always <laughs> finding new people. We have a very people. long list. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. But that was at the Boston Strands Theater on May 3rd, 1985. And then another student that went to school at the same university named Brian Koppelman heard her playing and brought her to the attention of his father named Charles Koppelman and showed him a demo tape that he had actually smuggled from her college radio station containing the song talking about a revolution. Okay. And he ran a publishing company. Wow. How perfect. And also I'm like, what yeah. a good kid that Charles <laughs> Koppelman, who's like, my dad needs to hear this good person. Um, so he signed her in 1986, just a year after she performed with with Linda Tillery. And then she graduated from Tufts in 1987. And then he helped her sign a contract, a record deal with Elektra Records, which is awesome. But with Elektra Records, she released her debut album that was just called Tracy Chapman in 1988. And it was a very critically acclaimed album, which is awesome for a debut to just automatically be so critically acclaimed. And that is with the song Fast Car. It was on that album and it began rising up the U.S. charts. She actually performed in the televised Nelson Mandela's 70th birthday concert at Wembley Stadium in London. This is crazy to me. Okay, so at the concert, she initially performed just a short set in the afternoon because she was obviously like a newer artist. So it makes sense that she wasn't going to be the main event. But then... She was a last minute stand in for Stevie Wonder because Stevie Wonder was having te technical difficulties. And so I don't know if it's like Stevie Wonder just had to go on later and they needed someone to fill the time. And when she's just, you know, probably had a much smaller setup, she's a singer songwriter. Yeah. It was like, just have Tracy Chapman go on. But this appearance is credited with greatly accelerating sales of the single and the album. I just feel like that story is crazy. Of just, yeah. What are the chances that they're like, oh, technical difficulties. Everyone's waiting for Stevie Wonder. But we'll just throw in this person from earlier in the festival. Yeah. That's probably, so interesting. Like, and it Nelson probably was Mandela's like a 70th birthday spot. concert. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Stevie Wonder was like the main event yeah. of the birthday concert. 
That is so interesting. I wonder what like other people she was up against. Like because she just was still there. Was she like hanging out backstage and they're like, here, here, get on there. We need you. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is so interesting. What a stroke of like good luck. luck? (laughs) I know. That's what I'm thinking. And I guess. I like don't want to call it just luck because she's like good, obviously. Like because people heard the song. But it got it to the right people. And I feel like that's one of the hardest things. I think that's what, and that's what a lot of times is it's, yeah, luck is a lot of the times this thing that like makes somebody huge, but like those moments happen because you're ready for the opportunity. Obviously, like you said, we don't know why they chose her, like that situation, but if she would have not been good, if the songs weren't good, it wouldn't have become what they ended up becoming. It wouldn't have done anything. (laughs) I couldn't believe that that was the moment where... I, I just want to talk to the person who was backstage that day and just be like, why and who? And just like, what happened yeah. there? No, that- but after that, a lot more people knew who she was and Fast Car became a number six pop hit on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1988 in August. And then this is cool. So Ra- Rolling Stone actually ranked the song at number 167 on their 2010 list of the 500 greatest songs of all time, which like... okay. That seems low, but like 500 greatest songs of all time, but you made the list even at all. That's it's incredible. Of, there's a lot of songs out there to even be yes. on it. Number 500 is probably still thrilled. It's so pretty. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. And then she had her other follow-up singles, which is Talking About a Revolution. That charted at number 75. And then there was Baby Can I Hold You, which peaked at 48. And then the album sold really well. It went multi-platinum, and she actually ended up winning three Grammy Awards from it, and she actually got the Best New Artist at the Grammys that year for 1988. Why was I thinking that, like, from the way everyone's been talking about this song since the Grammy Mm -hmm. performance that she did with, which I know you'll talk about later, who was it, Mm -hmm. like, Luke Combs? Luke Combs. Yeah. So since she performed with him, the way everyone's been talking about the song, I felt like it was some, like, deep cut that only (laughs) he heard growing up. But then the way you're talking about it, I'm like, no, she was like a popular artist. Like people knew who she was. It's always so funny the way that we discuss things from the past. And like why some things stay at the focal point of culture and like why. Granted, I think maybe like music lovers, like if people like grew up listening to that kind of music, they know the song Fast Car. But Mm. yeah, I agree. I think the way some people think about it. Granted, I, I hear a lot of people they don't even know it's a cover song. Like, they don't even know the original. They think True. it's a Luke Combs song. They think it's song. his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a cover. Even though they I think the he song. talked about the fact that it was a cover like yeah. four or five times at this point. I don't so. think he's, he's definitely not hiding the fact that, no. <laughs> that he's he covered it. But, but yeah, I mean, I think we'll talk about it. Like, she kept a pretty low profile. At this point, she's in her mm. 60s. So I think yeah. she's not like the type of person to like chase fame either and so i think sometimes it just makes people not when they're not chasing the spotlight they just fall from the spotlight that's fair but she won best new artist at the grammys in 1988 and then later in 1988 she was a featured performer on the worldwide amnesty international human rights now and that's another thing too is like she's a very big activist and like her social activism is a very important part of everything she does and i'll talk more about that later though but mm-hmm. then she did a follow-up album called crossroads that came out in 1989 it was a little bit less commercially successful than her debut had been but it still achieved a platinum status in the u.s and then 1992 she released matters of the heart did another album called new beginning in 1995 that was also very successful she sold over five million copies in the u.s alone and then the album included the single Give Me One Reason, which won the 1997 Grammy for Best Rock Song and became okay. her most successful single in the U.S. and peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. That's awesome. So, again, yeah. same thing. Like, this isn't some weird, obscure artist. Like, Mm-mm. she has Grammys. She has a top five hit, like number three, platinum-selling albums from 80s. She did have a four-year hiatus, and then after that, she released her fifth album called Telling Stories, and that was released in 2000. That went gold, and then she released her sixth album, Let It Rain, in 2002. Following the hiatus, it wasn't as big as the initial peak, but 
she's put out a lot of albums and did a lot of music. Other cool things that she was involved in is that she was commissioned by the American Conservatory Theater to compose music for its production of something called Athel Fugard's Blood Knot, which is a play about apartheid in South Africa. And it was actually staged in 2008, which is really cool. And I'll talk about it later about she got she got recognized for like how she spoke out about apartheid. Okay. What does apartheid mean again? It's like the policy that basically enforced segregation or discrimination in South Africa. Okay. Then after she worked on that project, she released her eighth studio album called Our Bright Future in 2008. And that album actually earned her a Grammy nomination for Best Contemporary Folk Album. And then I think she again took another hiatus. But and then in November 20th of 2015, she released a Greatest Hits album that had 18 of her songs that were her greatest hits. And that also had a live version of the song Stand By Me, which is cute, a cute cover. This is another just crazy story about her. So in October of 2018, so pretty recently, mm-hmm. she actually sued the rapper Nicki Minaj over copyright infringement. So she alleged that Minaj had sampled her song, Baby Can I Hold You, without permission. Chapman stated that she had repeatedly denied permission for Baby Can I Hold You to be sampled. And the oh, lawsuit, no. uh huh, the lawsuit <laughs> alleged that Minaj had engaged in copyright infringement. Oh, uh, yeah. By creating the song Sorry, and then, of course, by distributing it. And then, so she requested something to stop Minaj from releasing the song. I'm thinking she did it anyways. But according to the lawsuit, Chapman had a policy of declining all requests for permission to sample her songs. So I think that's like interesting, interesting that now Luke Combs was able to do a cover of it, and she felt comfortable with yeah. that, but not in sampling in this way. But anyways, September of 2020, so again, really recent, the district court judge Virginia A. Phillips granted summary judgment in favor of Minaj on the first court count of her complaint, stating that Minaj's experimentation with Chapman's song constituted fair use rather than copyright infringement. However, the judge ruled that the second count of the complaint should go to trial. And then in 2021, they finally settled and Nicki Minaj paid Tracy Chapman $450,000 for that. Man, I feel yes. like it should be m- more. I agree. But <laughs> yeah. almost but half a million dollars though. is all right. And that's interesting. So it was like two different instances in the song where she sampled and one of them he thought was like far well, enough away. I think that so the two things, it's like the first one is she committed copyright infringement by even creating the song. And then two was by distributing it. And so the judge said she can create the song. Basically, I think in the sense of like she can inspire it, like she can create it. But two, the fact that she did distribute it, but didn't have your permission. Okay, I get it. That's what you have to pay for. So it's like you can create it, but you can sell it without. And make money from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought makes sense. think. That's really interesting. Because like she said, it was like, oh, it was her experimenting with it and that's fair use, but you can't sell it. But then you have to give credits. Yeah. Yeah. You have to give credits. And she didn't give permission and you didn't give credit. And I think it's interesting that she like repeatedly denied. So they tried, which I just feel like that's really bold of Nicki Minaj and any artist for that matter to get so denied and then to be like, I'm going to do it anyway. Where it's like, they know you tried to do it. Like, you're going to get caught. It's like, don't so, you think they'll be listening to see if it... Yeah, yeah like, if you, you repeatedly it? asked and they keep telling you no. And then and they then see that no. song came out. They're going to be like, wait. Yeah. What? That's what's... I feel like it's one thing to, like, sample it and release it and not really think about asking yeah. for permission, which is bad, too. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Also terrible. But if you're like, oh, yeah, we sampled a little bit of that, but nah, like not enough, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's we're fine. one thing. But to ask repeatedly for permission, be told no, and then release the song anyway? <laughs> I feel like it's so bold. I, get, I don't know if they were like, oh, maybe once she hears it and maybe it will, people will love it. I'm assuming it, they probably like, sent okay. it to her to listen to when they asked for permission, right? You would think, I don't know how it works, 
but yeah i don't either but i'm like with yeah that's it's crazy I <laughs> yeah, i'm like that's that. something that i would never do <laughs> yeah <laughs> same maybe accidentally yeah. you said it's one thing yeah. if you like accidentally commit copyright infringement not yeah because i know right. there's been a lot of cases like that like you're writing music you're inspired by mm -hmm. a certain chord progression without knowing you yeah. makes its way into its music and then someone's you copied me <laughs> that's what happened yeah. with olivia rodrigo and paramore and then yeah. taylor swift where even she though paramore did say that they didn't think it was close enough for her to have to pay it but she did it yeah she did it anyways for the record that, i don't think it was close enough but no i don't think she needed to have paid i think you're allowed to i don't know be inspired by people but like obviously. just because they were both angry and yeah. i don't know there wasn't enough that overlapped Sounded familiar to me yeah like it wasn't the same song the same vibe but, but obviously different i agree yeah. but copyright law can get very messy and very <laughs> tricky yeah. And yeah. here's an example where it's like somehow a like part of it was fine, but the second part wasn't fine. Then, <laughs> hey, Tracy Chapman got a half million dollars, which doesn't even touch how much money she's probably made now. So True. anyways, before I dive into what's happened more recently, though, her last public performance before the Grammys was on the eve of the 2020 United States presidential election. She performed talking about a revolution on the late mm. night with Seth Meyers show, encouraging people to vote. That's and that was awesome. again, like she doesn't do a lot of public performances. So that was a big deal. And then of course, like what happened here at the Grammys was also a very big deal. Mm -hmm. Anyways. So now I want to talk about Luke Combs version of the song, not because I want to talk about a man, but because it's <laughs> relevant. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Luke Combs, whatever <laughs> yes i actually I don't, don't really know anything know. about him actually yeah but I was hey. like, he seems lovely but then i was like i actually have no clue <laughs> but <laughs> i hope he's lovely i'm sure yeah, i do too i'll give credit what credit's due later with how he like handled the performance but luke combs version of her song fast card hit number one on the country airplay chart in july of 2023 so just a couple months ago and doing so made Tracy Chapman, the first black woman to score a country number one with a solo composition. Mm. So she wrote that song all by herself. And that was the first yeah. time that a black woman had written a song all by herself. And then it went to the top of the charts. That's and then after, at the 57th Annual Country Music Association Awards, CMAs, we shouted them out earlier in the episode. In November of 2023, she became the first black woman to ever take home a CMA award winning song of the year for fast car oh wow is, i didn't know that yeah which first i off, don't the first black the woman <laughs> ever yeah that's crazy to take home song of the year that's, that's actually really messed up that it's taken that long yeah it's 2023 come on cmas i know but again we i mentioned yeah music it's they won't even let beyonce in <laughs> they won't let beyonce on the radio station so yeah anyways that's actually sad that in order to win song of the year like a white guy had to sing it also actually hold on now that i'm reading here yes sorry that's a very good point but i think it <laughs> yeah. was the first black songwriter ever to win that award oh not my even gosh. a woman that's even worse yes like we're used to this sounds terrible <laughs> but we're used to seeing the sexism around here it's pretty typical but the overt racism to not even have a single black yeah. country artist or songwriter yeah mm -hmm. yeah like hit song of the year what yes. about like Little Nas with Country Road? They definitely didn't let him into the CMAs. <laughs> but it literally says Country Road. You're not wrong. You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Actually, hold on. Let's find I out. I feel like that one made it because it had Billy Dude. Ray Cyrus in it too. They love him over there. That's valid. Oh my gosh. Okay. Lil Nas X is the first out gay man to ever be nominated for a CMA award. Ev what? That's to crazy. Win a, yeah, first openly LGBT black artist to win a Country Music Association award and the first I, openly LGBTQ person to win an MTV Video Music Award for Song of the Year. Wait, I think... Okay, he got actually a CMA for Music Event of the Year. That, okay. That checks out. Okay, I'm sorry, CMAs. You did nominate him. I... And that's good. I was going to say that song was everywhere. How would that have skipped through? <laughs> but it didn't win song of the year. 
it won music event. Oh, it did say, though, it was snubbed at the Country Music Awards. The first openly gay performer to win at the CMA Awards in 2018. They need to try harder. I feel like they need a – what's it called when a company introduces a program in order – I'm like, someone send somebody over to the CMA and fix some stuff because what I is going on? I think that is a long telling. You know what? Maren Morris actually recently, she with her last album, she said, I'm leaving country music. And then I listened to a podcast that she did where she's like, she's not leaving, obviously, country music. She's still going to write country music, but more of she's, I'm no longer interested in like dealing with the establishment of country music. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. That's interesting. I feel like that's pretty fair. Yeah. Because honestly, like we've had a couple of episodes about country music and Mm -hmm. it's hard. Yeah. It's so hard even for just a regular old person (laughs) just Mm -hmm. trying to get involved in that. We were even talking, I think like country music radio stations won't play a certain amount of women within an hour like they only mm-hmm. allow one for every like five songs written by a guy mm-hmm. so if that's the case if blonde white women are having a hard time i like yeah i cannot even imagine how frustrating yeah. it would be to be any other type of person to be like an and make actual it in that genre. minority yes which is frustrating because i don't know it's basically like the only genre of music that the united states invented and <laughs> We won't even let like half of our country be a part of it. <laughs> that's true. Over yeah. half of our country. Well, yeah. It's, oh, country music is so American. It's, that's embarrassing. Yeah. You're not putting yeah. a good name for it. I'm like, I, I don't think it is anymore. Not with what now. Yeah. It's not a representative genre. Yeah. That's but anyways, not. so go Tracy Chapman and Fast Car. And good for him for being like, no, this is a great song. I'm going to champion this song. Yeah. And helped her get the recognition that she deserves. Tracy Chapman has said that she is honored that Fast Car has been discovered by a new audience that 50, 35 years after it was initially released, uh, quote, I never expected to find myself on the country charts, but I'm honored to be there. She told Billboard in a statement. And then she said, I'm happy for Luke and his success and grateful that new fans have found and embraced Fast car so she's being very awesome sweet and gracious about it i will talk about the grammy performance at the end but i do want to shout out all that she does for social activism because that's something she's very involved in in 2009 she did an interview with national public radio and she said quote i'm approached by lots of organizations and lots of people who want me to support their various charitable efforts in some way and i look at those And I look at those requests and I basically try to do what I can. And I have certain interests of my own, generally in interest in human rights. In 1988, for example, she performed in London as part of a worldwide concert to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights with Amnesty International. She's played a tribute concert in honor of South African activist and leader Nelson Mandela's 70th birthday, like I mentioned, which was Mm -hmm. a huge turning point for her career. She performed at the event to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Amnesty held in Paris in 1998, known as The Struggle Continues. She was one of the guest artists at Parvarati's and Friends for Cambodia and Tibet in 2000, where she performed. And then in 2004, she performed on and rode in the AIDS Life Cycle event. She's also been really involved with elementary schools, producing like educational music videos, highlighting achievement of African-American history. She sponsored Crossroads in Black History, which was an essay contest for high school students in Cleveland and other cities. Mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, she actually received an honorary doctor doctorate from St. Xavier University in Chicago in 97. And then 2004, she was given an honorary doctorate in fine arts by her alma mater, Tufts University, recognizing her commitment to social activism, which I think is really cool. And then another quote from her that I loved, it's, I'm fortunate that I've been able to do my work and be involved in certain organizations, certain endeavors, and offered some assistance in some way, whether that is about raising money or helping to raise awareness, just being another body to show some force and conviction for a particular idea, finding out where the need is. And if someone thinks you're going to be helpful, then help it than helping, which I think that's something that I think a lot of people, it's been like a hot topic as of lately of what responsibility do our entertainers have to be socially active. And like, I feel like my opinion isn't necessarily that they always should be on everything Mm -hmm. just because that's hard, obviously. And also too, I think it says a lot about our country that we don't 
that we don't trust our politicians to do anything that we like are looking to our musicians and things and that's like on our politicians that's annoying. i will say in general like i think our political education is pretty lacking like yeah. not on the history of the country they actually cover that a lot but what on each political party actually stands for and like represent your interests i don't think we do a good that's job with that at all yeah that's true yeah. Um, but I really like her just take where it's just find out where the need is. And if someone thinks you're going to be helpful, then helping, helping. Yeah. And I think that in general, especially when some people just have so many more resources and like ability to help. And it's cool when they make that a priority to I agree. find things that matter to them and champion those efforts. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. I think that's something that used to be more of a standard among like people when you reach a certain level of wealth, they'd be like, you have to give it back into the community. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I I think I agree with that. But I feel like you should do it in a way where it's something you care about and are passionate yeah. about and are educated on. Totally. Yeah, it's like with yeah. like Dolly Parton, yeah. like how much money has she put back into her home that like she knows exactly what those communities need. And like when we exactly. did that episode – we talked so much about that and talked a lot about isn't like the thing that Dolly's not a billionaire because she gives so much of her money away. Mm -hmm. Come on. And yet she's Sorry. probably like with her companies, she's probably netting so much more than we'd ever true. even know. That's true. <laughs> but, like, but it's all going she, back into not, it. Yeah, she's definitely doing just fine monetarily wise. Yeah. Like, she's rich. But not at the point is Dolly Parton. But anyways, I just know that's I think something that a lot of people are talking a lot about yeah. oh people becoming billionaires and the responsibility they have i don't know I yeah don't know. it's kind of an interesting thing even the idea of i think we've touched on this briefly before but the idea of people expect every single celebrity to speak out about every single social justice and political mm -hmm. issue as well and it's like why are we looking towards like entertainers for political advice yes I and, know what you mean. Also, yeah. sometimes I'm like, what do you think that's going to do? And maybe that's me being jaded. I'm granted when Taylor Swift did encourage people to vote, I know a lot of people did register. And I know that's something that she like does continue to do every year is yeah. get out and vote. But sometimes when it's, oh, they need to speak up. It's okay. But like, I feel like I know where people politically would lean. So I could guess yeah. what they would want. Yeah. Like, what, what is it really going to do? Like, them speaking out, like, this is not going to do anything in Congress. No. You know? I, like, I don't really think it helps anything. Yeah. And maybe that's harmful, but I feel like there's ways to raise general awareness without being like, attention, everyone, this is who yeah. I'm voting for. Like, I just don't think that's absolutely necessary. And I think it's interesting that's become a thing lately where we're like, yeah, oh, you need to talk about this or you need to talk about this. And also, with, I think we personally talked about this, but kind of people wanting to force celebrities to directly state their sexual orientation. Ah, uh, well. yeah. And the idea like you can't bait if you're a real person. What's it called? Queer baiting? Like, you yeah, can't you can't be, queer bait if you're a real person. But people accuse them of queer baiting person. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh -huh. People saying that like a Billie Eilish is queer baiting and then it comes out this year that she's actually. Yeah. So it wasn't. And then also like you can't if you're a real human because everyone exists on a spectrum. But like, why do we need to know that? Like, Yeah. But also like she doesn't like owe you that automatically. Like she no. gets to tell you that when she feels comfortable telling yeah. you Yeah. So it's like super interesting kind of where that's headed. But I do applaud people who like are passionate about certain things Absolutely. and they make their voice known like what she's done Tracy Chapman with her voice mm -hmm. that's amazing like I think more people should do that but only if they want to <laughs> yeah. Like to develop it. yeah yeah I agree but also I think they should want to and I think if they don't want to I don't like you probably but that's fine this is such a side point but I've been seeing really funny tweets lately about there's like the conspiracy theories about oh like Travis and Taylor they're trying to get like people to vote Democrat and yeah. I've seen tweets of, wow, I never thought the liberals would get football, but I guess it's ours now. <laughs> and I just think it's so funny. <laughs> Anyways, I just had to bring that up. I thought that was funny. Back mm. to Tracy, who really matters right now. April 6th of 20, 
April 16th of 2023, the South African presidency announced that she, along with others, would be bestowed with a national order, the Order of the Champions of OR Tambo, which recognizes eminent foreign nationals for friendship shown to South Africa. It is therefore an order of peace, cooperation, and active expression of solidarity and support. And they bestowed a silver on her, quote, for her contribution to the fight for freedom by participating in efforts to free Nelson Mandela and raising awareness of human rights violation globally which is really cool that yes. she is was so recognized for that about her personal life quote i have a public life that's my work life and i have my personal life she said in some ways the decision to keep the two things separate relates the work relates to the work i do so i don't know much about her life and good I for her fail. once i saw that quote i was like nah, i don't need to dig into that she made her stance i respect that and another quote is being in the public eye and in the glare of the spotlight was and still is to some extent uncomfortable to me but there are some ways by which everything has happened in my life that has prepared me for this career said that was in 2015 but then she says but i am a bit shy which i think sweet now i want to talk about the grammy performance because mm-hmm. the grammy performance helped launch i don't know it helps get her song a little bit more recognition so 60th Grammy Awards, she came out and she sang with Luke Combs. The last time she'd done a public appearance was that late night show that I talked about with Seth Meyers. So she's not out performing all the time. Like it's been a mm-hmm. couple years, four years at this point since she was out performing. But it, like I said, it helped give her a boost in her streams and her sales. So I wanted to shout out. So the original version of Fast Car, her version that was released 36 years ago, is now back on the Billboard Hot 100. It secured number 42 spot this week, got a Mm -hmm. huge surge in streams and sales after her performance. And the last time it appeared on the Hot 100 was October of 1988. So I thought that was really cool. In the week following the Grammys, the song registered more than 6 million stream and 35,000 digital downloads, which gave her an 8,000% bump compared to the week before the award show on the telecast. Mm, that's which awesome. Which I think is awesome. And then it showed other interest in her other songs following this year's Grammy ceremony. On-demand streams of her music skyrocketed to 13.5 million, which is a 217% increase from the 4.3 million in the last week of January. So shout out. I just think that's awesome that obviously she was going to be getting a lot of money and she did get a lot of notoriety from the fact that Luke Combs covered her song. But I just thought it was really cool that she was able to go out and perform and now her own music and her own versions of the song also got a huge bump. And now her yeah. song's back on the Hot 100. So and that's it is really cool. like. Like you said, it is very notable that Luke Combs invited her. I'm sure like mm-hmm. he reached out and was like, hey, come sing this with me. Uh, like that's a good thing. He used it to elevate her in yes. the original song rather yeah. than just basking in the glory of his song doing so well. Absolutely. And that's actually what I wanted to end on, which again, uh, I'm ending on something that a man said, but <laughs> it feels relevant because he says, when it comes to the performance, it's still hard to process and how amazing it really was to be up there on that stage. No doubt a defining moment of my career. And then he said, Tracy, I want to send my sincerest thanks to you for allowing me to be a part of your moment. Thank you for the impact you have had on my musical journey and the musical journeys of countless other singers, songwriters, musicians, and fans alike. I hope you felt how much you mean to the world that night. We were all in awe of you up there, and I was just the lucky guy enough to have the best seat in the house, which I think is so gracious. And I just love that he said Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your moment. Because it really honestly was her moment. And I will say, I think my favorite moment of the Grammys was like, when she started singing, you can hear the audience like realize it's her and they applaud. And then you see the look on her face and it's just like the most like sincere smile. Mm -hmm. And it's just really sweet. And so I really liked that she was able to have that moment. And like I said, I thought his response to that, there's no ego involved there. Of Oh, I got the number one because of my version of it. He knows why that song is as good as it is. And he gave it the credit it deserves. So I thought that was a really cool thing that he did. I love that. I will say, besides Taylor Swift's album announcement, this performance is what I saw the most posts. Everyone was really excited about it. Yeah. So... I want collab track now with the two of them. I know. I, know. But I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they'd like released a Grammy version, but who knows? Maybe they will. I think yeah. it'd be really cool. It would. Anyways, so there's Tracy Chapman. Go listen to her. Go listen to her music. 
she's got a lot of great songs. Obviously, she was huge. And I like that she's, like I said, she's getting back on the map in the sense of people are remembering how amazing she was. And I think it's cool yes. that Luke Combs was able to bring her back to the public attention and whatnot. So. I always love it when that happens. It's mm-hmm. We talked recently. When did the Billboard charts start letting older songs chart again? It was oh, just like a couple of years ago, right? It was a couple of years ago. Yeah, that they changed that rule. And it was like, it, I can't remember when it was, but yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things I think they've ever done because we've seen Kate Bush. We've seen Tracy mm-hmm. Chapman. And even, like, that's what made Mariah Carey keep coming back and get her number one yes. for Christmas song. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And then cool. also the Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree with... Yes. Sure. Wait, Brenda what's her Lee. name? Yes, thank you. Brenda mm-hmm. Lee. So it's, it's fun to see these people resurface and... It's exciting and refreshing, and I feel like it brings music to a new generation and a new audience. Like, uh, thank yeah. you, Billboard. It makes it <laughs> good <more> move. <laughs> it's like more timeless, and I think that it, one cool thing about TikTok is like, yes, old songs having a viral moment and then getting the love that it deserves. It's, it's cool. nice. I mm-hmm. like. I feel like it shows that it's not just popular music that's being released right now that everyone's listening to. Like people mm-hmm. do have cultural trends where they go back and listen to a song from 50 years ago for a couple yeah. of months. Yeah, and it's, I think it's fun. It's just it's good music. And I think mm-hmm. as a musician, it's OK, cool. I just need to write a good song. I don't need to like chase virality right now and just like trust that like as long as you're still making music and maybe it'll find its audience one day. I think yeah. As an artist, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to put something out. And if it's not amazingly successful right now, it's like a wasted opportunity. But you never know what actually could happen. And the life yeah. that art takes, it's it doesn't have an expiration date. And I think that's really Agreed. cool. Agreed. Yeah. And I feel like it allows it more of the life cycle that like paintings and literature and stuff like that have already because mm-hmm. we allow those things to stick around and have resurgences and go through mm-hmm. cycles and it's nice to see music allowing that too i agree anyways Yay. there is tracy chapman mm-hmm. and i was really it was really fun to learn more about her and said the fact that her big break and then Nicki minaj those are two things i did not know about so <laughs> yeah those are crazy i stories. never heard about that lawsuit but, but good for her crazy. she got half a million dollars from her anyways i think that's everything for today Yes. Before we wrap up, should we do our artist spotlights? Okay. So my spotlight this week is – I'm probably going to say this wrong. I think it's Cuterico. It's C-U-T-E, like cute, and then Ah. R-Y-K-O. I feel like that's Cuterico. Yeah. Yeah. But they're based in UK. Oh, cute. And she makes like – accessories out of other things like my favorite is they have the little calico critter figurines did you play with those when you were little not necessarily but like i recognize them okay yeah there's like a tiktok account that does reenactments of the crown and like other yes it's hilarious i have (laughs) yeah so it's the little calico critters and she turned them into earrings or she has like nintendo ds games like i love that she has the high school musical one (laughs) i was just gonna say i'm loving high school musical 2 ds game Uh, yep there you go that's pretty good it looks like she's also got like keychains and cards and those little soy sauce containers or like crocs Mm -hmm. just fun weird unique accessories which i always love and would never be brave enough to wear but i like to follow them and enjoy it see what they do yeah i know right i feel like i could wear little calico critter earrings yeah absolutely they're small they're light i could maybe get behind that you got it no i love it these are really cute my person that i'm going to be spotlighting today is a fellow songwriter that is really cool so her name is christina tripp just Christina with a C-H and then Trip has two P's and she's a Nashville singer-songwriter but what I really love about her account is it's a lot of like songwriting tips and like assignments and songwriting tools and obviously I am a songwriter. I've been writing songs for a while but I feel like she has like really fun approaches and like fun like ideas. It's oh yeah that is like a fun thing that I could do to get me out of a creative rut and like things like that. And I have been a little bit in like a writing rut lately. And so I've been mm-hmm. like finding her content particularly inspiring because it's like, oh yeah, that's something that I can do. It's, I think sometimes when you like, I, I don't know, 
personally, when I'm in a creative rut, I'm just like, oh, I just have to sit this out and there's nothing I can do. I'm just like, and I feel a little bit sorry for myself. So it's like nice to be like, oh no, yeah, these are actually things that can help you and they're there to help you. Like, no, they're that's real. so nice to even just have like little things. She's let's talk prepositions. Think about too often. And then you're like, oh, that sparks an idea. Yeah. One that I saw was like, oh, if you're feeling stuck, just go get a newspaper and cut out phrases and put them together. And maybe yeah. that will help spark a song or write a song with just words you find in the newspaper. And I'm like, oh, that's really fun. Really cool. So no, that's way cool. How? Anyways. And lovely. Yeah. So she's. Really fun. So go check her out. Cool. Since you've all made it to the end, I guess we'll reward you and let you know that we are releasing merch. Yay. We have a collection coming out in March. So it'll be the beginning of March. We'll tell you a little bit more about the whole concept behind it and everything we've got going on in March next week. So stay tuned for that. We're very excited about this. We've been planning it for basically over a year now. So... And I'm so obsessed with the designs. (laughs) Yeah. I worked very hard on them. We had an excessive amount of designs and we narrowed it down. So it'll be six pieces that we'll be launching. I think you all. I love how it's narrowed it down to six. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It was hard. We could have done way more. It's three designs. Yes. I think technically four. If you count just like our logo. Yeah, which is one of the six. So, yes. yeah. So it's it's four designs four over designs. six pieces. But so like, yeah. Do you want a t-shirt? Do you want a hoodie? Do you want a crew neck? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Take your pick. <laughs> we have options. Do you want you. an embroidered crew neck or do you want a screen printed crew print? neck? <laughs> do you want words? Do you want art? Do you just want yeah. to wear our logo? That's fine with us too. That's okay too. We do have that available. So mm-hmm. we'll be showing you the pieces and everything. Next week we'll be talking more about our whole concept for March, which I am literally so excited about. Plan to be a little bit annoyed by us in March. And we, we are going full blitz on <laughs> we really March. Are. Yes. But we're so excited. And I feel like if you're an avid listener, if you really enjoy our content, you're gonna love everything. So hopefully you'll be okay with seeing us pop up us for the entire month. <laughs> entire month. Yes. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're very excited. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just excited we've to get to talk about it. Yep, me yeah. too. And if you go back and watch our YouTube videos, am I low-key wearing the merch in a lot of them? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yep. I've been wearing them for months at this point. And that's okay. I have mm-hmm. it on in a few of them too, but you couldn't tell because my hair was covering it. But we both have been wearing it. It has been present. Um, So, yeah. Just exciting. I can't believe how fast it came. I know. Me too. But I'm very excited. Same. Very, very excited. This is also the last call to subscribe to our newsletter, join our broadcast (gasps) channel on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen, leave a rating and review. You can also subscribe and watch on YouTube and and comment and subscribe. And what else is there? I don't know. Follow us on Instagram. TikTok. TikTok, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, (laughs) Apple Podcasts, Um, and Spotify. And also, you could just send us a message if you want to, leave a review, whatever you want to do. We're open to. We're desperately asking for love and affection at this point. Yes, we are. I don't care. It was Valentine's (laughs) Day. All the calls to action at the end, and we'll (laughs) see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.